0: never change. One such thing is the faithfulness and the goodness of God, so would you help me celebrate God one more time in this place, thanking God for our praise team, our graduates, our media ministry, our ushers, and each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters. So good to be here on this Sunday morning as we continue in our series, These Things Never Change. The truth of God's word is just the truth as we're exploring together what we believe and why we believe it. I invite your attention to join me in the 6th chapter of Ephesians. Grab your devices and your copy of God's Word and meet me there in the 6th chapter of Ephesians. And our reading will begin at the 10th verse. This might be familiar uh, to some of you who've been around church uh, for a little while. I want you to hear it with fresh ears. And if this is your first time hearing it, I want you to lean in. Because what God has to say to us through His Word is important in directing our lives. Ephesians 6 chapter, the 10th through the 13th verse of Scripture, God's Word says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. For those of you who are listening and to our graduates in particular, I want you to hold on to that last verse that I just read. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to look at this passage and others from the sacred text with this thought in our minds. And that's the reality of the unseen. Would you bow your heads with me? We celebrate your goodness because all our lives you have been faithful. And we thank you that we get to gather in this sacred space to sing praises unto you, to worship you. And now as we direct our attention to your holy word, we ask that you, your Holy Spirit would move afresh on our hearts and our minds that we might be receptive soil for the seed of your word. That we not just know your word, but that we're able to live your word. Help us that we might love you better and love each other more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you've studied science recently, um, you know that there there are certain energies that are around the world. Some are consumables, um, but then there's that kind of energy that is considered to be a renewable energy, energy like wind and solar power, um, energy that comes from the waves, hydroelectric energy. It's considered a renewable energy source, which means that as long as the sun rises, there'll be solar energy. As long as there's a tide, there's going to be hydroelectric energy. As long as the wind blows, that's a renewable energy source. But can I tell you? Sometimes the wind doesn't blow. Sometimes solar energy is blocked on a cloudy day. And so that itself may not always be a reliable source. But now I want to talk to the believers because this particular message in God's Word is written to the saints written to those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who confess Christ as Lord over their lives, those who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for our sins. And through him, through his sacrifice, we're forgiven of our sins because Jesus paid the price for our sinfulness. Those who believe are the saints. The saints make up the church. This letter is written to the church and listen to what he says. He says, finally, in other words, everything that I've said prior to this is coming to this point in my message. Paul says, I talked to you about the doctrines. I, I spoke to you about your position in Christ. When you read chapters 1 to chapter 3, he's talking about our position in Christ and what we have being place as a children of God and the position that we have being out of our old self, living in our new life in Christ. He defines it holy unto God and righteous. This is our new position but now he transitions to what seems to be one of the most pointed passages in scripture to let you know the persecution that we will face as believers in Christ. He turns our attention now to understand that there is spiritual wickedness and that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. I hope you get this, that your life as a believer is not a playground, it's a battleground. Because once you said yes to Jesus Christ, you received the love of God, you experienced the love of God, but with that you also experienced the hate of the enemy. And we must be strong in the Lord to stand firm in spiritual warfare. We must be strong in the Lord. You've ever read Luke's writing in Acts. He talks about Ephesus, this this location where the believers were residing. And one of the distinctions he made about Ephesus is that in Ephesus, those who were there were living under spiritual challenge, spiritual controversy. Spiritual combat. And so he writes this letter as the Holy Spirit would lead, so that the believers then, as well as you and I now, will know that we have a source of strength that is not just renewable, but it's an unlimited supply that's available to all those who believe in Christ Jesus. I want to press that for a moment because the truth is. That when you live devoted to Christ, you will experience some times where the devil will not like you. Okay, let me talk for a moment here. Uh, I, I want to help you understand something, that when you have placed your conviction in Jesus Christ, there is a spiritual enemy that will bring chaos and confusion in your life. You, you don't believe me, do you? Well, let me help you for a moment, because those of us in here will bear testify that the enemy, the devil, Satan, didn't send you an email, didn't give you a foreign notice, he didn't give you a mail, didn't call you on the phone to tell you he was about to attack you is when you least expected, when you didn't think anything would go wrong, that Satan came up, rung your phone, got on your address, and all of a sudden you realize that all hell is breaking loose in your life, and you wonder why. You say, I, I trust God, I believe God, I'm, I'm in, I'm follow, trying my best to follow the word of God, then why is this happening to me? Well, God's word told us, Christ tells us, that in the world we will have tribulation, because just like the world hated him, guess what? Those who represent him, follow him, the world's going to hate us too. But the truth is, is just because the world hates us, it doesn't give us permission to hate the world. No, no, because as believers, we understand that we are connected to a source of strength. Check out what he writes. He says, finally be strong in the Lord. Well, if he's saying be strong in the Lord, what he is also saying is that without the Lord, we are not strong. Oh, okay, let me, let me toss somebody here. Uh, you, you, have you been there where you try to do it on your own? Ha- have you been there? Uh, I need real people in here. Um, you, you, you said you weren't going to say it again. You said you weren't going to go there again. You, you said you weren't going to hang out with them again. You said the next time he calls, I'm not going to answer the phone again. Am I talking to anybody in here? And yet you find yourself doing it all over again, trying to figure out why you're repeating the same cycle over and over and over again. It's because you're trying to operate from your own strength. But when you operate from the strength of Christ, that is an unlimited strength, unlimited source. But guess what? Operating from his strength means you do it his way in his time, the way he's told us to do it from his word. He says for us to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord means then that, that it is the Lord's strength that we that we obtain. It's the Lord's strength that we need, and it's also the Lord's strength that we come to, to be fulfilled by. Hold on, once not you get this? That when he says, be strong in the Lord, it means then that your testimony in Christ, being in Christ, not waiting and coming to Christ just when there is a crisis, but every day of your life, you're committed to living for Christ. That It means then that you're going to trust Christ, believe Christ, obey the Word of Christ. If no one else wants to do it, you're going to do it because of your commitment to Christ. Is there anybody in here who knows that kind of life? That you're trying to commit to Christ. Do it the way Christ says do it under the leadership of the Spirit of Christ that's within you. And guess what? You're able to do it when you align yourself up with the will, the Word, and the way of Christ. That's what he means Says, be strong in him that you know his word. You're strong in his word, you're strong in prayer, you're strong in your relationship with him. That when people come to you, only thing that's coming out of you is the word that's already in you. That you're strong in the Lord. And he says, He goes, and in the power of his might. I I love this text because it tells me that Heather, I I don't have to live by my own might. Because there are times when I thought I was strong enough to handle something. And I learned the hard way, young people, that I can't do it on my own. We have to allow the Lord to strengthen us. And we must strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So that even when you're weak, you'll know that the Lord is strong. That's what Paul said in 2nd Chronicles the 12th chapter 9th verse. Well, he said, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly on my weakness so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Hear me very well. If you find yourself emotionally depleted, if you find yourself spiritually destitute, if you find yourself that you are without strength, then you have to check yourself to make sure that you are perfect. Aligned, you're, in, you're, you're under God's control, you're in His presence on a regular basis because we are our weakest when we are our furthest from our devotion to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna tell you the truth now, because if you're gonna be strong in the Lord, that means you're taking your cues from God, that you're doing it the way God says to do it, that you're gonna do it as God says, because you realize. That God loved you in your weakness. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love toward us. He proves his love toward us. He showed his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In fact, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 56 through 57 verse, uh, Christ says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Check it, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we have the victory, and through Christ, you have the strength to make it through whatever you're going through. That you got to stay in Christ Jesus. This strength is also a spiritual reality. Not only in dwelling strength that we have from the Holy Spirit, but it's a spiritual reality that, that God has a heavenly host that is watching out for you and I, you not miss it. You don't miss this. That, that God has a, a heavenly host that is always on guard, doing the will of God, doing it what God declares. In fact, when Jesus was in Gethsemane and uh, they were coming to arrest him, and his disciples decided to be a little. Um, let's see, what's a good word for that, Dom? Uh, they, 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 a little, little hood. They, they decided to, to, they. they They wanted to handle it in their own strength. Jesus said, uh, he said, don't you know I can call my Father and have twelve legions of angels come? You know why? Because there's a heavenly host that follows the commands of Christ. And when you are getting strong in the Lord, you also have to remember that my strength comes from the Lord and guess what? There's some servants, some angelic servants of the Lord that's doing the will of the Lord so I know then that those who are against me don't out Number those who are for me because I am in the Lord. I know I have to bring my own witness. Um, In Joshua, the fifth chapter, Joshua, the fifth chapter, the 13th through the 14th verse, uh, it says, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and he was on his way trying to get to Syria. He lifted his eyes and behold, a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hands. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? for our adversaries. One translation says, he says to the angel Lord, are you for us or are you against us? I love this because, and Joshua fell to his face because check out what he told him. He says, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does the Lord say to his servant? This is what he said, I didn't come to take sides, I came here to take over. That when you are a servant of God, then you are walking in the way where God takes over. He takes over where you go, he takes over how you live, he takes over where you where you spend your time, he takes over. And guess what, he has an angelic host, the angels. I like one song that says, angels keep watch over me. That he'll commission an angel to come and check on you, and serve as he commissions them to serve you. Oh, you didn't know that angels were real? Yeah, angels are real and they come to strengthen you. I'm still in the text. Because the Bible tells us That God, when he spoke to Mary, the mother of Christ, that he sent an angel to let her know what God was going to do in her life. And when Joseph had some questions about it, guess what God did? He sent an angel in his dream to tell him this is all about what God is going to do. And every now and then, God will remind you that you ain't in this by yourself. The Spirit of God is in you, and there's some angels who are commissioned by God that will be with you. Uh, I feel the need to teach a moment here. Um, uh, when I say angels, uh, you do have to understand that when we transition from this earth to eternity, uh, we don't become angels. Don't, 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 don't get quiet on me now. Wanna... No, a- angels are real, uh, but we don't become angels. Angels are created beings by God. Don't miss this. Um, in fact, uh, I have some angelic support, so you can check it out. Uh, angels are commissioned by God. They're created beings. They are, they are spirits, if you would, and God allows them to take on bodily form to communicate with human beings. You heard me mention one of the names of an angel. In Scripture, it tells at least two angels, one named Michael and, and one, one named Gabriel, that went to God's people. But there are other kinds of angels, too. We don't have time to go into it, but there are cheraphims and there are seraphims. Cheraphims are the ones that, that prevented Adam and Eve from going into Edom, uh, back into Eden when they had sinned. And there are seraphims. And when you're in Isaiah's moment, he was in worship, and he saw seraphims declaring to the Lord, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're, they're living creatures when you read Revelation. And what I love about all of this is that all these creatures are under the dominion and the sovereign uh, will of God. They serve God and they are a part of our help in doing God's will. Don't you catch that? Right? He says, finally, be strong, in the Lord, and the power of the might. But then, in order to do that, he tells us what we must do. The next verse he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes. Of the devil. Check it out. He says, he's given us a command here. He said, This is not, this is not a suggestion, this is not a recommendation. He says, put on and stand firm. Okay, it may help you for a moment here. Uh, he says, uh, put on what God has picked out for you. Oh man, if I had some time, uh, it's it's interesting because I, I remember uh, my, my, my daughter. She's here. She's serving in kids ministry. Um, some of you might want to do that sometime. Um, but uh, I I remember when she was she was younger. I remember when she was younger. Hillary, um, this this happened for real. This for real, for real, for sure, for sure. Well, when she was younger, she's a little girl, um, and and she uh, her mother picked out an outfit for her. her. Mother picked out an outfit for her. She looked at that outfit and she said, "Oh, mom, I'm gonna wear something, but I'm not gonna wear that." Um, and and mama looked at her, and just a little old thing, a uh, little taller thing. Uh, and mama said, um, You, she talked to me, she said, You need to go deal with your daughter. I went upstairs. Um, I, I talked to her just for a moment here. She came down, back downstairs with that same dress on, twirling all around. She said, Because my daddy said, I'm beautiful. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. John, help you understand something, that when God has picked out for you his armor, that you ought to put it on trusting that he knows what is best for you. He's not looking for your opinion on it. He's telling us you got to put it on. Why? Because there's some stuff out there in the world, in the heavenly realm, that is too strong for us to handle on our own. You need to put some God stuff on you to hold you and to keep you so that you can make it through whatever you're going through. He says, put on the whole armor. I'd underline that. If I had your Bible, Greg, he said the whole armor. Not, not, not just the pieces of armor that you, you want to put on. No, he says you put on the... You got it, the whole armor. And when you go down and read verse 14 all the way down, he says, you put on the helmet of salvation. I love that, because it means you keep your mind on what Christ has already done for you and is doing for you, because if you know you've been saved by God, then you know that whatever's happening to you, you're still in God's hands, and God's going to keep you. He said, the helmet of salvation, he is the breastplate of righteousness, that you put it on yourself so that you look righteous and you act righteous. The, you gird yourself with the belt of truth, uh, and you get the shield of faith, which is the word of God, so that when Satan comes to you to to tempt you, you're able to stand against him with with the word of God, the sword, which is the word of God, and your shoes are prepared by the gospel of peace. And when you put on the whole wardrobe, you are a warrior prepared for battle. The problem is, many of us try to go forward in spiritual warfare, but we are undressed. We, We haven't dressed for battle. And we wonder why Satan comes to confuse our minds because we didn't put on the helmet of salvation. We wonder why Satan comes in and his darts get to our heart and we are emotionally depleted and depressed. It's because we had not put on the breastplate of righteousness. Am I talking to anybody up in here that you know that when you are in Christ Jesus, you are suited and booted for war? Oh, Why, why, why do we need war? Uh, uh, because there is an adversary. Yeah, he's, he's called the devil, Satan. Uh, he is Lucifer. He, he was an angel, but he rebelled against God. And in rebelling against God, God sent him and all his cronies, all those who wanted to follow him, he sent all of them down to the earth. And so now, since Lucifer, Satan, the, uh, the angel of death, the murderer, the liar, the father of lies. Go ahead and put it up for them because they may need to take a picture of that. Because uh, the word of God has all kinds of names for our enemy. But guess what? Our enemy comes with one mission. To kill, steal, and destroy. Y- y'all have it. Uh, put it up there for them so they-, they could see it. The adversary's support. There it is. There are a lot of names that the Bible has for our enemy. A lot of names. And he comes... To misguide us. He comes to mislead us. He comes to attack us. And no matter how strong you think you are, you're not strong enough to battle with this enemy. Because this enemy been doing it since mankind began. This enemy misquotes scripture and make you want to believe the truth. (laughs) this enemy tempts you with what he knows you're tempted with, and then he wants to lead you by that temptation. Oh, you're looking at me like you don't understand this thing. But this enemy, he may not know everything you think about, but he knows some things about you. Because before you came to Christ, you were hanging with him. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh-uh. we're all born in sin, like David said, and shaping in iniquity. And the devil knows what you used to do when you were with him, what the two you all used to do. And every now and then he'll come alongside. If you don't have your arm on, he'll come to tempt you. Oh, you 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 you're looking at me like you never got tempted before. Oh, you say, Well, Pastor, that ain't my temptation. Well, your temptation may be lying, your temptation may be gossip, your temptation may be judging. Your temptation may be, may be women. Your temptation may be men. You may have, have a, a gender dysphoria. But whatever your temptation is, Satan knows because he was the one that was with you when you were doing what you could do. You're bad, big and bad enough to do. And then Christ grabbed you and he saved you. But guess what? Satan still knows. Yeah, yeah. And I know you think you're, you're over some things. I had not done that in a while. And then I start to to try to operate on my own strength. And all of a sudden I find myself doing stuff I thought I forgot how to do. Hmm? Because we have an enemy, the devil, and he's coming. That's why the text says later on, he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces and evil in the heavenly places. Look what he says. He says, we, the church, the believers, he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against each other, but we do wrestle. Uh Oh, you're not with me here. Because you're honest with yourself, you wrestle one against your flesh. Uh, you wrestle one against your flesh. You wrestle against the world's influences, and you wrestle against the devil. The devil operates in the worldly influences, and he tries to distract you from the things of God, the will of God, the way of God. And you have to wrestle because if you're not wrestling, then you're doing what Satan wants you to do. If you're not wrestling, you're not being what God has called you to be. If you're not wrestling, you you ought to struggle. Some of us, if we're honest, we've been losing the struggle. Because we haven't been appealing to the strength that is available to us in Christ. You're not designed to lose a struggle when you're in Christ. Because in Christ you already have the victory. There's some good news in the text. We'll get there in a moment. In Christ you already have the victory. But if you find yourself constantly going with Depressive thoughts. You define yourself constantly going in the direction of what leads you further from God than what leads you closer to God. If you find that you're always angry, even at church, and there's no more joy seen in your life, I hear somebody saying, that's just the way I am. I'm a Pisces. That's what we do. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> God's Word tells us that there is a better way for us. I told you there's some good news in the text. Because in Ephesians, the first chapter, the 19 through the 21st verse, Paul reminds us, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Check it out. Far above all rule, All authority and all power and all dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. I think you missed it. What the Bible tells us is that even though we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places, we have a Savior who is higher than their high places. We have a Savior who is greater than their greatest weapon. We have a Savior who is greater, stronger, more victorious than evil could ever be. And whenever you're going through and you're feeling yourself under attack, don't worry about the attack. Just look to your Savior because He's able to strengthen you. He's able to renew you. Yeah. He's able to guide you. And even though the pressures come against you, you won't succumb to them because you are in Christ. Don't miss this. There's a war going on. There's a war going on for your peace, for your joy, for your belief, for your faith in Christ. But you don't have to lose that war. All you have to do is come and be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a situation where the people of God were surrounded by enemy forces. It looked like the enemy. Had outnumbered them. Maybe you can relate. You've been there before where it looks like everything that could go wrong went wrong in your life. Enemy forces had, had surrounded them. That's in 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, the 15th verse. It said, But when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and he went out, he saw the enemy army. He said, behold, an army with horses and chariots were all around the city. And the servant said to Elisha, alas, my master, what are we going to do? Elisha, the prophet, said, don't be afraid. Check it out. He said, don't be afraid, for for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prays and says, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened his eyes, the eyes of the young man. And he saw and he behold the mountain, not the city, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What it tells us is that the enemy can never outnumber, outdo the power, the majesty, the strength of our God. And even though he wants to destroy you, young people, even though demons and demonic forces want to get to you, if you keep your eyes on Christ, he's going to guard you. He's going to keep you. He's going to hold you. All right, Caleb. I'm 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 about done. But I, thank you, but I appreciate that. <laughs> because I was just thinking, Think about um, Kevin Plank. Kevin Plank, uh, in 1996, he invented Under Armour. Invented Under Armour apparel because he recognized that when he when he wore compression shorts his shorts would be drier than his regular shirt. And so he saw the material of the compression shorts, and he decided to make under-armor garments that keeps you dry on the outside. Any of y'all in here, athletes? You know anything about under-armor? Okay, I've got a few people here. And the way it works is that under-armor keeps what's supposed to stay in and don't just let it come out, you're not with me in here. When you have the arm of God on, and Satan tries to tempt you and debate you to go the wrong way, the arm of God will keep in what needs to stay in. So you don't step out of line for where Satan's trying to get you. The arm of God will, will hold you when you want to go off, you can't go off because the arm of God is going to keep you. Uh. Somebody said, he'll keep you if you want to be kept. In order to have that which comes from God, you have to be in relationship with the son of God. Because the armor is from God. It's God's armor. It's God's armor that protects you from what spiritual wickedness wants to do to you. Don't mistake yourself. The devil is real. Yeah. Demons are real. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to fear when you have a relationship with the faithful one. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to fear when you're in Christ Jesus. Because in Alan, you could be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. You can put on. And you can stand firm. So when the winds blow against you. You're not rocking with every belief. You're standing firm. Stand firm knowing that God still got you. Stand firm knowing that God is with you. Stand firm knowing that he that is with you is greater than he that's against you. You can stand Firm on the Word. Well, what if I don't feel like it? Then faith it until you feel it. Because God's Word, it still works. And it can work for you. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads all over the building. Some of us here, we're, we know what it feels like to be in a spiritual attack. It has taken our peace and our, our joy. It made us question our faith. And then when we see all the evilness in the world, we, we wonder, does God even know? Does God even care? i got good news for you, because He cares and He cares for you. And it is His will to save you, to rescue you from the evil that's trying to destroy you. It is his will that you come to him, that you know him as your God, know Christ as your Lord, that the Spirit of God can guide you and live in you. Today may be the day where you're saying yes to the Spirit of God. You're saying, yes, that that I want to be in Christ. I'm tired of being tossed around by the enemy. I want a relationship with Christ. Well, today, search your heart because you can have that. Because all you have to do is believe. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ shall be saved. I want to pray with you. And as the Spirit leads you, I invite you to respond to the invitation to know God personally. So, Father, we're in this place. I know our time is well spent. But I know that you are at work in your house. And you're speaking to the minds and hearts of these people. And I ask right now that you lead us ever so close to yourself that everyone here will leave knowing they have a relationship with you. They'll leave knowing that now they are in Christ and have the strength and we'll be given the strength to make it through any spiritual challenge, any spiritual attack, any spiritual assault because we are in Christ. So I pray that you save our souls on this day, forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from unrighteousness and use us as your children in your family. is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. As you look Thank up- you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.